On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, the very last show of the decade, we unveiled the Clockskers, our first annual digital marketing awards show. Google Lens has an exciting new partnership for all you beauty mavens out there. Facebook is making some budget changes. Finally, maybe? Shep shares a heartless pro tip for trimming down your friends list. And Greg pays for groceries with love bangs. Whoa. All. (laughs) On today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there. I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shop. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on December 27th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And this week's episode, the last episode of 2019, mm-hmm. is brought to you by Search Engine Journal's SEO Trends, the top trends coming here in 2020. And Danny Goodwin has a massive download for you, roughly 170 pages. And if you want to take a sneak peek, you can head on over and read the article he put down that is a summary, 10 important 2020 SEO trends that you need to know. And you can get that by going to searchenginejournal.com forward slash 2020 dash SEO dash trends. Might want to make it your New Year's resolution. This is where to start, folks. Download it today. First up in the news this week, L'Oreal has partnered with Google Lens for a pilot that offers consumers a fast way to virtually try on their hair colors. When people are shopping in-store, they'll be able to point the Lens app at a Garnier, which is a L'Oreal brand, I didn't know that until today, (laughs) box, which will detect the particular shade they're looking at and open up a web page where they can use Garnier's virtual try-on to see that hair color on their own head. I wonder if Garnier is going to use this anytime <laughs> it, soon. It's Garnier, isn't it? It's definitely Garnier. Okay. That's what Sarah Jessica Parker said in the commercials back in the day, right? Was it her? I remember the Look song, Was I Enjoy Being a Girl, right? I have no idea. Yes. The only thing that's <laughs> harder to say than L'Oreal <laughs> is Garnier. Who knew? So this will only be available in select Walmart stores to start. The virtual try-on is powered by beauty tech company Modiface, which L'Oreal purchased last year. This is a great idea. I always love the fun things like this. It works great for beauty brands. I hope it works better than the virtual um, color thing that Bear does at Home Depot because my kitchen walls look like Play-Doh. What color are they? Green. I thought it was going to be like a nice moss. You never go too dark with paint colors. It wasn't too dark. It was too bright. You you always go a couple shades subtler than you think. Mm. That swatch is deceiving. That app, garbage. (laughs) The app is garbage. So I really hope that for everyone's head that this app is not garbage. Does it account for like people's hair color that exists already or do they just plop it on there? Because sometimes like if you have darker hair, the shade doesn't turn out the same as if you were blonde. Do you think it's that smart? I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to go to Walmart and check it out. (laughs) Field trip. (laughs) Greg, you want to (laughs) come? 
<laughs> Sam, it'd be nice if you could do this on Amazon. Yeah. You know, like at yeah. least you get the product in your hand there. It's a little bit on Garnier to put some directions on the back. You should, like, how are you going to buy it online? Why have it? Why do you have to have it in stores? My thing, because then you're going to be in the aisle. People are going to be looking at their phone, getting True. hit by shopping carts. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go conspiracy theory, it's to get you to buy more than just the hair color because you've walked into the store. Now you're going to impulse buy the cute hair ties that are just hanging off the oh, shelf. Yeah. As well. I'm like, yeah, here's I what you look I'm like really with you. with a <laughs> denim scrunchie in your hair. Look at this. Perfect. <laughs> Hey, head on over to the, the in-store salon. Look at that. <laughs> Get your eyes examined while you're there too. Examined? Examined. Whatever. They do all kinds of things there. Mm-hmm. Get them in store. What else is happening this week? All right. Next up, there's a bit of holiday hearsay with this article, but according to Dwayne Brown, at Dwayne Brown on Twitter, D-U-A-N-E, campaign budget optimization from Facebook is dropping February 1st, 2020 for everyone. And that's according to a Facebook rep that Dwayne apparently spoke with. So he put this out on Twitter. And in case you're not familiar with campaign budget optimization, also known as CBO, it's where you set the budget at the campaign level rather than at the ad set level. We've been talking about this since summer, Mm -hmm. right? Since summer when this was announced. And it hasn't rolled out as the end-all be-all for your campaigns. But according to Dwayne, it's February 1st. The biggest difference here, you don't set it at the ad set level. So if you're trying to make those budgets separate, you're going to need multiple campaigns. You can also run off the daily budget or a lifetime budget. So you still have those choices available, but you may be forced into this by the 1st of of February. So get it going on your accounts. Start working now so it's not a hard switch. All right. And lastly, here in our main news, in case anybody missed it last week, Speakable Markup is not just for news publishers anymore. So even you non-news folks, don't tune out this story. From Search Engine Land, we have nine voice search stats to close out 2019. And I highly recommend reading the whole thing because it's really more than nine stats. It's like stats within stats. I demand a refund. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you get more for your money. I still a demand a refund. <laughs> well, you got to take that up with the folks. Right, I'll, get, I'll get Greg man. Sterling on the yeah. blower and try to get my my zero dollars back. Yeah, right. Free information and lots of good stuff here. It, really, you should read it if you are interested in this. And again, you should be even if you're not in news. But the key takeaways for me, just a couple I'll share with you. Voice is now the number two way that users perform a search on mobile. That's according to a survey that was done earlier this year. Uh, The first, obviously, is the mobile browser. Does anybody want to know what number five is? Shocked me. Take a guess. I am going to guess using a, you said mobile or? or On mobile, yes. On mobile. I'm going to guess facial recognition. To perform a search? I have no idea. I'm just (laughs) going to move the show along here. (laughs) Perfect. What? Does calling someone count? It's close. Text a friend. Oh. Text a friend was the fifth most popular way to perform a search on mobile. So I don't know what... Text a friend? Text a friend. <laughs> but a different survey done in 2019 found that 48% of consumers are using voice for, quote, general web searches. But of that 48%, only 39 are using smart speakers. So the vast majority of people doing voice search are doing so on their mobile devices. I, that actually surprised me because I don't really Siri. use my phone for that. It seems like a lot of people do that, but based not on really. The trends for, like in it here. doesn't work for Siri's not good for search. 
the other thing that people are really asking for, and I think it was number one, was quick facts. So to your point, Greg, on last week's show, if your site is good for you know a lot of question and answer content and just getting people things that they need quickly, speakable markup, a lot of opportunities for you. And these surveys out there are proven that people are interested in finding info that way. The final thing that we should talk about, because I think it's kind of funny, but also a little bit scary, People are really worried that the government or just their devices in general are always listening. And that's a quote from the article. People think that everything's listening to you all the time. And yet still there are over 100 million smart speakers out there in use today. So they can't be that afraid. They might think that they're listening. But I mean, Greg, your phone goes off all the time, even on this show alone. when we're not even asking it to. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely listening. But oh, it doesn't. Listening. Yeah, my phone is listening. <laughs> my Google Assistant is always going. She's definitely listening. I don't know if she's listening well, though, because she perks up when she shouldn't looking at you there, phone. But anyway, interesting stuff. Get on it. Go give it a good. It's a good beach read. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. We've been a little too nice here in 2019. So with this week's take, we're trying to get a little more provocative here (laughs) heading into 2020. And this week's take comes from Tim Jensen at Timothy J. Jensen on Twitter. And he tweets, thank you for sending your generic brand Happy Holidays email as a good reminder for me to unsubscribe from your mailing list. I love it. No, Scrooge. This is a great idea. I want to start doing it. It's like unfriending people on their birthday on Facebook. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You get notified it's their birthday. You don't talk to them. Bye. I've never thought of that. That is genius. It's kind of genius. I, I got to get back in the I book didn't just so I can do this. Evil genius. Yeah, really. Just so you can unfriend people, you're going to go back on. <laughs> so I checked mine. I heard from some relevant people like Mary Campbell, the uh, QVC CEO, you know, Etsy, Nordstrom. But then I heard from like East Bay. I don't shop from them. I don't even know who they are. Under Armour? How did I get on their list? Hmm. I love this idea. I think y'all are Scrooges. I think I got a nice little holiday card from the Humane Society. It was like a puppy with animated twinkling (laughs) lights. I was like, oh, thank you. And it literally just said happy holidays. Didn't ask for a donation, nothing. I thought it was nice. I did not unsubscribe. See, I'm I'm team Tim here where your email should have a purpose. I get it. You want to say the happy holidays, whatever. (laughs) Throw a code in there. Give me a little sale. Give me a little discount. Um, You want stuff to be happy. You shouldn't be emailing people, wasting their time. There's maybe one or two Jess Buds out there that like the animated doggy GIF. <laughs> Everybody else has stuff to do. Stuff to do. On Christmas? Well, you, you, on Christmas. I guess you shouldn't be checking your email. You should be present, right? Well, I, pun intended. I, I see what you did there. You'll like the one I got from Groupon on Christmas then. It was for a woman's empowerment coaching class. Did you buy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for this week's lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. First, we'll cover everything to do with advertising, aka paid, and then report on the organic or non-paid. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Earlier this year, Google Ads announced that it will no longer 
support customer service through Facebook and Twitter. And now we know when that is actually going to happen. Thanks to a tweet from Google ads, they pinned it right to the top and it says, thanks for following Google ads to receive efficient and fast one-to-one troubleshooting and support. Please fill out this form and they link to it for all Google ads accounts related questions, direct messages and comments will not be action starting January 1st, 2020. So don't bother DMing them after that point. Fine. Yeah. So I tried the form. It seems fine. I want to be optimistic about it. You put in a little text at the top explaining your problem and then it auto populates categories based on what you wrote. Some of them weren't very good. (laughs) I was recommended how to set up a smart campaign more than once. (laughs) Shock of the year. (laughs) So then you select your little category and then you can pick if you want to call chat or email and then you put in some of your contact information and at the end, they link to some relevant articles that could be helpful as well. And earlier in the year, their Twitter support wasn't bad. You could get a hold of somebody. You could put a message through if your account you're working on didn't have a dedicated rep. Mm-hmm. And then about like July, it just went downhill. It stopped being functional. So at this point, this is good because anybody that thinks any the social team could help currently yeah. is wrong. And now at least they're saying, hey, we can't do it here. We just, we don't, we're not allocating resources. We could do it if we want to. We're choosing not to. And it's just like what we do with any other support or phone support. We are not trying. <laughs> Basically on your own, get bent. <laughs> wow. Yes. And it, it, here's another pro tip. If you actually want to try to get anywhere with Google Ads support, and maybe we can throw this image that you have from the show notes into our prep notes and just head over to marketingclock.com to see. The best way to go about it is to chat. You waste the less, the least amount of time. If you get on the phone, you'll speak to people that have no idea what Google Ads is, that can't help you, that can't expedite anything. If you chat, you can make it a very straightforward transaction, what you need, and then roughly a week to 10 days later, you might talk to somebody that can actually help you somehow. So that's the way to go. Don't worry that social's over. You just Mm -hmm. need to use chat. You need to make it very clear, very detailed. So hopefully somebody that understands Google ads can see it. And it can't get any worse, I'm hoping. So I'm trying to have some holiday optimism that this will streamline some things and make it better. I'm hoping. We'll see. Cross your holiday fingers. So France is not filled with holiday optimism (laughs) in regards to Google ads. The country is filing is fining Google 150 million euro for abusing dominance in online ads. They're also demanding Google clarify their procedures and organize mandatory annual training for their Google ad support staff. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> annual? They're not, they're not already training people? Like, this is so outrageous that that's just okay that they have to demand that. So this all started with a company that had their account suspended without notice. Google claims that they were running ads for sites that deceived people into paying services on unclear billing terms and that's why they were shut down i'm gonna say the majority of it is incompetence by google and their support they Mm -hmm. don't care about support they will never care about support until somebody new comes in and cleans up and at some point it's going to be a downfall where brands are going to say we're not doing this garbage anymore you need to treat us a little bit better I have some wonderful quotes that I'd like to read. Please. (laughs) France's competition authority sanctioned Google for adopting what it describes as a opaque and difficult to understand operating rules for its ad platform. 
Google ads and for applying them in an unfair and random manner. We talked about this a few <laughs> weeks ago. Tulsi Gabbard, <laughs> T- Gabbard got her account shut down and she's mm. like, well, somebody was against me. It's like, no, no, you don't understand it. Their support is, it, it, it is, it's criminal, criminal. So they're saying this specifically about them shutting people's accounts down without notice. And that's what Tulsi was upset about too. But I think this can apply to so many things. And I hope it does. I hope they have more sensical naming conventions Mm. and that the budgets make more sense. They just don't define things well and they don't explain things well. It's also, it is so one-sided in many of these. People will look at this and say, oh, look at this, maximize clicks. This is probably a good thing. If anybody knew what maximize clicks does for your account, you would, there would be, every single company would be filing lawsuits against Google. So thank you, France. <laughs> I'm moving there. Yeah, we. Oui. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> okay, I have a little bit of happy news. Amazon advertising has a history tab in beta for campaigns on Seller Vendor Central. This was spotted in the wild by Tanner Schroeder on Twitter. Thank you, Tanner. And thank you, Amazon. Welcome to 2010. Whoa. I don't know. Shots yeah, fired, Shep. Was that a good year Coming to pick? Hot. Or is that a little disingenuous? I don't know. The point is, it's about a decade ago. It's about time. So we don't have access to this beta yet, but it appears from Tanner's tweet that it will only show the past 90 days history, which isn't great. Hey, it's a start. Yeah, it's it's a start. So we'll end on some happy news for paid. What's going on in organic? Well, Bing's top search results contain an alarming amount of disinformation, according to Stanford. And a report came out from the Internet Observatory, which kind of sounds cool. It sounds like a, one of those buildings, those little yeah, round buildings. with, with like a telescope. The, yeah. Yeah. For the Internet. <laughs> For the Internet. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. And in general, they said Bing returns disinformation and misinformation at a significantly higher rate than Google does. Across the top 50 results, that's a lot of results, mm-hmm. for 12 separate queries, a total of 600 results. Bing returned at least 125 sources of disinformation and misinformation, while Google returned 13. Wow. I looked at this and said, wow, Bing must be pretty bad. Yeah. So I looked at some of their examples. One of them was a search for vaccines and autism. So vaccines, autism. And I started, got fired up my old Bing machine and started (laughs) binging. I didn't see any misinformation. I didn't dive deep into the first 50 pages. What I looked at was very reasonable. Um, I'm assuming you looked at some of the top results. The top results. Yeah. There were actually things pulled in that were images that said, do vaccines cause autism? No. <laughs> and I got an image. <laughs> the image that pulled in. There were all Perfect. these YouTube videos that they were pulled in. And I looked at the one that looked like it might be misinformation. And it was some uh, mother that was talking from the Coming Home to Autism channel and she was just speaking and didn't say anything about not vaccinating. She said, the question she gets a lot is, do you think vaccines caused autism? And she said, she doesn't know. She's not a scientist, but heard that gut health helps. And she vaccinated her kids off some other protocol that her doctors recommended. And I'm like, ah, this seems reasonable. Like, I, she says she's not a doctor. That doesn't seem like misinformation. No. So I don't, I, I'm not really sure about this. The other thing is, there might be people out there that are looking to see the other side. And, and, and I get it. You are trying to go with one side of science. But at the other point, like, 
I like sometimes trying to figure out what the flat earth people are thinking. <laughs> like, I want to know their perspective. I want to know how they think it's flat. I've been on a plane. I don't see it as flat. But I like to know that, you know? And that that's still information that's out there. So then I agree. Sometimes it's fun to watch those YouTube videos with your friends and like you can never find them for any of the conspiracy theories. Right. And you're like, now do you not show that the video about the shining faking the moon landing, which is like your favorite movie? They should. It's a great film. Well, then that would be misinformation, disinformation. So then are you saying you need to take all the results and put them towards what the CDC, what the health mm. department because then that's problematic too. Like many people think that that food pyramid was wrong, where at the bottom you had all the carbohydrates and at the top you had the fats. And people are saying, well, that might be not the right way to go about it. So then was that disinformation or disinformation now? You're, at some point you're actually manipulating stuff. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I looked at everything and it wasn't nearly as egregious as it seemed like. So again, probably in pages 40 or 50 you can get some of the crazy stuff. And you know what? Honestly, I don't have a problem with result number 46 being <laughs> here's why why we think that Comet Pizza or Ping Pong Comet Pizza or whatever, this is what everybody's talking about. What is, what is that? I don't know. I couldn't find it on Google. Oh. Something about <laughs> it being, I don't know, something like being a sadistic something or other where it's in the show notes and you can see all the different disinformation queries that they used but it didn't seem that bad next up we've got a new type of machine learning not bert it is a light bert aka albert it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) and albert i'm surprised people just weren't flooding the internet with einstein just like they did with bert and ernie you were out for this. Yeah, but you guys have told me about it. I'm really you sad go I on, missed it. You go on Twitter and it's just Burt Puppets nonstop. I mean, but is Albert Einstein the first person you think of when you hear Albert? Pujols? What? Albert Pujols? <laughs> <laughs> I think of like Prince Albert. Yeah. In a can. Oh. Better let him out. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway... So this is a light BERT for self-supervised learning of language representations. I don't like the term when you're talking about BERT, that BERT (laughs) is now self-supervised learning. So you're just letting BERT out and BERT's supervising itself and now it's a light version of this. And uh, anyway, it's a way that you can basically try to learn uh, natural language processing tasks and teach itself all the different meanings and, again, return better results. There was a score, a race score is what it's called, and they compared Bert versus Albert that had trained itself. What was the term? <laughs> uh, self-supervised learning performed better than Bert. It got a score of 89 versus 72. All very fascinating stuff. Also very... Creepy stuff. Yeah. So he's teaching himself, he, this Albert character, and he's doing better. I think it was non-binary, but I don't know. Well, where is he? Zeros and ones. That's binary, right? Maybe it's binary. I don't know. Math. How how could anybody know this? (laughs) (laughs) Albert knows he taught himself. But yeah, so training himself and and beating beating Bert over there. So watch out, folks. Look for that in an algorithm update near you. That's not really an algorithm update. It's just different different technology. Okay, next up is a tweet from Patrick 
kiddo, and he has a notice that Shopify can now make its way into Data Studio using a super metrics connector that is live. Head over to the show notes to get that link. But if you are a Supermetrics user like we are here at Cypress North, you can now pull in any Supermetrics data live, or sorry, any Shopify data using that Supermetrics hook. I like the end of his tweet too. He says, if you have no clue what this is and run a Shopify store, you should look into it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Good job, Patrick. Also, the CEO at Toby, T-O-B-I of Shopify, had a really interesting tweet thread based off of all the drama going down about working on nights and weekends going on from in Shopify's perspective. So check that out if you want, at Toby, T-O-B-I on Twitter. Next up comes from the one, the only John Henshaw, at Henshaw on Twitter. And he said, in case you missed it, Apple, Google, Amazon, and Zigbee created a working group to standardize smart home protocols to make competing products compatible with each other. And it's on GitHub. And you can check it out over on ConnectedHomeIP.com. This is phenomenal as you don't have to say, I'm going to be completely tied into one protocol. I'm going to make this only for Amazon. If this is adopted and put through, you can make hopefully tasks and maybe hardware that works across all different type of systems and platforms. So I think this is awesome. I didn't know about this. So thank you, John. And again, check it out in the show notes. Next up, Google AR is rolling out depth-based object blending. And in case you didn't see any examples of this before, (laughs) check out the show notes. You used to put an augmented reality item and it would just be right on your phone. So if you had a computer screen up, if you had a couch up, that object would just be on that couch in a way that really wasn't possible. But using depth perception and new technology, you can have a cat jump out from behind a, let's say an ottoman was the example they had, or a bed. You can sense where objects are and then place the augmented reality. So instead of seeing the full cat body just like kind of on the end of a bed and now can peek out from behind of a bed. It's crazy. Wild. A little spooky. Yeah. And that Santa is a little spooky. You can see his like It's not perfect. Yeah, there's a Santa with a very creepy beard and it's now <laughs> hugging a computer. It's like windblown. <laughs> his beard is definitely going that way. <laughs> All right. Next up, I can request answers about sale of .org registry. We've talked about this in the past weeks, but... That .org was up for sale and appeared to be sold, but there's a few questions. It's hit a snag, according to Roger Monte, Martini Buster on Search Engine Journal, and he, they've announced that there are some many questions that have been raised. And Roger goes into this like a true hacking detective. He's like McConaughey on an HBO series, trying to piece all these things together. He's got flow charts about who owns what and what owns who and where everybody is and what's going on. So check that out. But apparently it is up in the air. All right, next. And lastly, here on Organic, YouTube will test a new featured in this video grid for collaborators. So If you are checking this out, it's currently on Android only, but if you're watching a channel, watching a video, and there's a product in the video, you will now be able to see the 
the products itself. And again, it's a feature in the video grid, so you can see everything that is being talked about um, on the video you're watching, which is nice. That's cool. The future of product placement. <laughs> Some of your favorite stuff. <laughs> a little shop for you. What's happening in social, Jess? All right. First up here in social, speaking of chefs shopping habits, something you're going to be really into. Facebook has acquired Packaged. That's P-A-C-K-A-G-D. No E, just in case. Oh, look it up. okay. That's cool then. Yeah. If it had the E, I would never use it. Definitely not. No, this is in case people want to look it packaged. up. Packaged. <laughs> so Packaged is a five-person startup that has been building a video shopping product that they described as, quote, a reimagination of QVC or a home shopping network. Did it need to be reimagined? Uh, it doesn't. They're just killing it over there. Well, but... Yeah, QVC yeah. or Facebook? QVC. Oh my gosh, not Facebook. But guess what it's for, shop? Okay, what? Marketplace. Oh, wait. Worlds collide. Now <laughs> right? what? So people are on their own profile, like, I schlepping their baby dolls? I don't know. They didn't say too much about it, but that's kind of what I'm thinking it's going to be because the article described Marketplace, at least right now, as a Craigslist-like feature for buying and selling used goods. So to me, yeah, it's like some creepy lady on her crappy webcam, like, look at my dolls. Do you want to buy them? I don't <laughs> know why she cool. sounds like that. So you just get on there and you put me on, put me on, put me on, yeah. put me on. Oh, look, it's Jess from Lewiston. Hey, what hey. do you got to sell here? Exactly. Oh, look, it's a fake baby. Yeah. It looks like a real baby. If you didn't know, you might not think it was real, but it is. But it is. I'm never leaving my house again. Right? And it's supposed to be interactive like that. Like the point of it apparently at this point, at this stage, they're trying to explore new ways for buyers to be able to ask questions about the product. So I think that's really cool. It could also eventually be maybe a push to make marketplace a little more e-commerce-y and for brands and just do more on Facebook in general. But right now I'm totally seeing it as going the way that we were just role playing. All of it. the questions for my products would be, is that a real baby? <laughs> 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 or will you really clean my house for $20? <laughs> my whole house. <laughs> cool stuff. And another Facebook news, Facebook to advertise in the Super Bowl for the first time. Chris Rock and Sylvester Stallone will appear in a 60-second commercial promoting Facebook groups. Greg, Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. And you actually watch sports, so you're going to see this commercial, maybe. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I, but those are like some pretty famous people, right, that they pulled up? I'd say so. Neither of them are on cameos. They must have paid real money for these people and for the commercial because the 30 second spot is like five and a half million dollars and this is a 60 second commercial apparently. I think it's kind of a stupid idea. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb, right? <clears throat> because the pro the, again, we talk about it probably once a month. You, if you care about what you're doing, you should not use Facebook groups. If you're just trying to have like a little get together. And maybe a little neighborhood chat, for sure. Use Facebook groups. If you're a business, don't use it. This is a marketing podcast, so don't use it. Yeah. So watch watch Chris Rock be funny and watch Sly be tough, but don't use Facebook groups for your business. Yeah. All right, Shep, I have another one for you. We're moving away from Facebook, though. Okay. Okay. Snapchat users with the scan program activated on their phones can unlock immersive Coca-Cola AR lenses by scanning Is it regular Coke or Diet Coke. Well, actually, so they say you have to scan the logo, the traditional Coke logo, and they said on products like Coke and Coke Zero, and they didn't mention Diet Coke. I know, because you're like the unofficial spokesperson of Diet Coke. Yeah, that's like when you go to another country and they act like Coke Zero is a thing. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's for sale for sure, but Diet Coke's where it's at. Mm -hmm. Do you use Snapchat? Or are you going to use this? 
No. Okay. <laughs> Not even now that there's a, a Coke-themed well, augmented reality? I follow Diet Coke on like Instagram and Twitter, and I feel like there's so many people that are so into it, and they don't do anything. Can I come in with a hot take here? Come in with a hot she, take. You know how some people are big fans of like Coca-Cola? Yeah. And they collect stuff? Yeah. That's super weird. <laughs> Why? Why are you like, I love this sugary gross drink have you had the mexican coke though made with real cane i understand sugar that but it's still bottles? it's still not like i'm getting coca-cola tattoos from it no like, but i, I think like it's like I what about American... people who are into barbie that's super if you have like a, a shrine people have coca-cola shrines it's like, this is a drink that they're you know advertising you in marketing to you i'd say it's good marketing if people are that hyped up about it yeah. <laughs> are you like this with barbie do you have like little no but i know a lot of people are. They have like graphic tees and yeah, that's weird too. Adult home decor, yeah. Home you know, decor. The cool Barbie wait, logo wait. with the pink. Home decor. Yeah. Like what kind of decor? <laughs> I'm sure there's everything. Do you want to go to the website right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure you could get a nice throw pillows. A Barbie throw. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, for all your yeah, that's weird for that's your dream weird house. Too. Yeah. Well, maybe Barbie will get a filter, but right now it's just Coke and Mickey D's. Mickey D's is the other official partner. For I this. get it when it's something you can root for, like something like sports seems weird, but you can like root for it, and it's uh, actual people doing things. I get it. It's a band. You like the band. You want people to do good. That's great. Inanimate objects and brands. So, I never get when people are like, "Oh, I just love Coca Cola. I'm gonna have Coca Cola borders up on my wallpaper." That's just weird. I've never met anyone that did that. But I mean, you see it on like American Pickers and stuff. They're like old Coke signs or coolers and things, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that, yeah, they have this um, augmented reality lens for Coke and McDonald's, but it's not just for them. Those are the big brands tied to it for the launch, but anyone can do it, any brand. They have a creation tool called Lens Studio where anybody can go in and make a lens and submit it to Snapchat for approval. So, if you're out there wondering if this does make sense for your brand, the article notes that Snapchat reaches. 75, almost 75% of 13 to 34-year-olds and 90% of 13 to 24-year-olds. So that's a huge chunk. So if that's your target audience on the younger side, you might want to consider playing around with this, be one of the first folks in, not that you're ever going to beat Coke and Mickey D's, but look at it. Generation Z. Gen Z. And speaking of that younger audience, last year in Social Lightning, TikTok's new policy restricts users under 18 from giving money to streamers without parental consent which totally makes sense to me i don't know why this is wasn't a thing in the first place because who out there under 18 even has their own credit card like it's mommy and daddy's TikTok, money. Yeah. You know how much money's on there i know it's there's a huge uproar no but you, if you have a job and you're under 18 you have a you have a debit card okay if you have a tiktok you don't need a job well and that's the problem is that some of these creators because it's not just giving money it's also taking money if you're under 18 it used to be you could accept gifts they call it on the platform if you were 16 and older and now they're changing that to 18 as well for giving and receiving so these little 16 year olds that are creators or influencers whatever we're calling them these days they were making bank on these gifts and now they're mad because they're gonna have to go get a job at least for the next two years because they can't take money anymore and I I mean, TikTok says they're making this change to foster a safer environment for young users because they do believe they're being pressured and exploited. Yeah, this is actually good. Yeah. Like Like, taking candy from a baby. No, seriously. (laughs) It's like, it just, this makes sense to me. And I I get it. If you're 16, you're probably mad if you had a huge following, but like, get real. And I just want to read a quote because I don't understand this at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is how they described the gifts. A smorgasbord of teen iconography with attached monetary value. I understand that. Here's the part I don't get. Pandas and Italian hands, five cents each. Rainbow pukes, 50 cents. Love bangs, 25 cents. What are love bangs? No idea. Concerts ranging from five to ten dollars and an illustrated token called Drama Queen, which is about fifty dollars. I don't understand what any of that means, but that's how people are getting paid on TikTok. I don't get it. What parents gonna be like, Time sure, send them some you love by. bangs. Kids Time has passed days. you by, bud. I guess. I guess I'm just an oldie. I mean that that's that's how I was buying groceries <laughs> the other day. With love bangs? Yeah, I had a, I had three rainbow pukes and one love bang. And a little panda to, to cover cover the extra. You get your change back in Italian hands? Yep. Like, what is that? <laughs> is that I like this? I have no idea. Oh, maybe. Like, ah, yeah. for emphasis? This is a podcast. How do we do that in audio version? <laughs> I don't know. Just listen closely, folks, at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jess. And that brings us to our real-life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? Okay, just a nice end-of-the-year reminder to go into your ads accounts for the different platforms and check to see who has access for everything and their level of access, who's a manager, who has edit access. Make sure it's nice and clean and nobody spooky is in there. And ads, and then also even analytics too. Mm. You can Mm -hmm. see who is creeping on your stuff. People always forget to uh, link people on analytics, but ads is a big one Mm -hmm. where you can actually cause some damage if the wrong people have access. Absolutely. So this week for me, I actually have something that's working hard. I feel like I complain a lot. I have something positive especially because at the beginning of the show, we were kind of harping on Google support a lot and how bad it is. I had a call today with Microsoft support because I was having an issue. Microsoft is the best. They're the best. So I called them. We were having an issue with billing access for a client. They have a main account, which we were logged into. And for some reason, there's some like ghost account somewhere that is the billing admin for this one account within the client accounts. And we couldn't figure it out. So we said, we're just going to call Microsoft. We need some help setting something up for billing. And the phone was really messed up. It was like garbly. We couldn't hear each other. And I was like, just call me back and hung up. And they called me back. It was the same person. They called me back right away. And within 10 minutes, we had the issue resolved. We shared a screen. We had a conversation. The person was competent, knew what I was talking about, didn't understand why we were seeing what we were seeing. We were in it together. I just felt like he was actually rooting for me and trying to solve my problem. I didn't just feel like a number, like a call they had to get through. I felt actually supported and we resolved the problem within 10 minutes. So Thank you, Microsoft support. Great. And in my accounts, I'm going to say something nice here about Google. We've been using some of the remarketing feed, responsive display ads or RDAs, and they've worked really well. They look great. They have that Critio product-based look to it. And we did this with a product that has a price. It is actually a product, which is a good or a service. We couldn't get it approved for shopping ads because it's not technically shopping. You can't get something. It's not a physical good, but it worked for remarketing and the ads look great. So I've been really impressed with it. Um, If you have been shut down or maybe you've got something that's more of a ticket or something like that, try out the RDA feed ads um, for remarketing. They, They look great and 
um, they've come a long way. So, so nice job. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes from Wired in the name of the article. It's Facebook removes accounts with AI-generated profile photos. According to Wired, researchers have found more than 900 accounts, pages, and groups that have been removed because they had AI-generated photos. We talked about this a few weeks back where there were a bunch of different sites that would just make a person and ask (laughs) if it's real or not, and everybody was fake. There's other sites out there. That will probably trick you if you go. One of them is whichfacesreal.com. <laughs> you have to guess which one's human and which one is AI. But this Wired article does a great job of showing how you can spot a fake. And these are some, well, they're, they're medium deep fakes. They're medium <laughs> deep fakes on there. So apparently there were... Um, these networks were pushing uh, pro-Trump narratives to about 55 million users, again, using artificial amplification and fake accounts. But the big thing was each one of these profiles had these fake people. That's so creepy. It's it's a crazy, crazy time to be alive. Um, And so out of these... These accounts are pushing something, this is even crazier, called The BL was the news source <laughs> that were, they're pushing stuff from the BL. the BL. And apparently, it is a digital news outlet that described itself as a pure mountain spring moistening the oh, heart God. of every reader. Yeah. What does BL stand for? It was removed, so I don't know. I couldn't get to it. <laughs> Facebook got rid of it. Spring. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a pure mountain spring moistening the heart. Of every reader. So <laughs> apparently it turned into some um, potentially Chinese spiritual group uh, that, that was pro-Donald Trump. Um, there's another good picture of the person who had led the BL, uh, Afonso Macias. Yeah, right. And they took a look at his glasses and found there was a lot of like feathering out of there and misshapen glasses. So they determined he was fake. He's got like um, wiggly wrinkles. Like they look like sine waves. Like no one's face does that. Yeah. That's definitely fake. It looks like he's got a dimple like right up under Ew. his eye. It's super creepy. Ew. Uh, but apparently there were some people that ran through this and uh, apparent again, this Alfonso Macias, check it out in the show notes. Uh, there were some university folks that went through it that have uh i guess hey i don't even know how to like this is just such a a weird thing but i guess they're they're well versed in gan which is a generative adversarial network and they're saying that this is gan generated with 99.9 percent certainty and that alfonso macchia's photo is not real 
can't be. If it is, he's got some weird things going on. That and most of them are like selfie or like headshot style pictures, which yeah. is weird on Facebook anyway. Yeah, you're right. Most people are like, here's me and my boyfriend. Or, yeah. This is my baby. It's not even me. So just be suspicious. Always. Yeah. You got to just kids everywhere or memes. Yeah. That's how you do memes. Facebook. Or if you're my dad, just crappy, crappy food photos. Uh, <laughs> wow. The yeah. food he thinks is good, but his photos aren't great. Apple Sorry, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Darn right. (laughs) (laughs) And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. All right. This week's Cool Tool is Elements of AI. It's a free online course meant to help you better understand what AI or artificial intelligence is and what it's capable of with, and I quote, no complicated math or programming required, which I think is nice because some of us don't have those skills. But if you do and you want to go a little bit deeper, they also have a part two called Building AI, which is also free. So as long as you're not planning to create face fake book accounts with your AI knowledge and you want to build your understanding a bit more, definitely check it out. Head on over to elementsofai.com. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show, comes from Kirk Williams over on Zato. And this is really six different articles. But he launched the fifth version of the article that then spawned the sixth follow-up, and this is on his guide to Google Smart Shopping Campaigns. So in the fifth iteration that came out this past week on the 19th, he talked about the concerning lack of data transparency and why keywords matter, why you need to see the information, why you need to know where your ads are showing up on, and did a good breakdown of all of his points as to where Smart Shopping needs to give advertisers and brands and companies more information. So then, from that, there was some backlash. And not really backlash. It was all very cordial conversation. And this came from Patrick Gilbert. And he talked about why Google Google doesn't owe us anything and why he wasn't concerned about the lack of search term data in Smart Shopping. So then, this is... All leading up to this week's article, which is part (laughs) six in Zato. And in the show notes, head over to marketingclock.com. You can see all links to six different items. But Kirk breaks down in a very respectful format why he disagrees with Patrick. And it is a very logical breakdown. of You need to know where things are showing. And I think it's just a very healthy conversation if you use smart shopping campaigns on Google Ads to take a look at. You see both sides of things, the very I don't really care, just make it work side of things. And then the I do care, I want to know where we're spending money, I want to see what's going on, and I want more information. And it's in probably the nicest, most collaborative way that you can possibly disagree with somebody. So that's why it's this week's Must Read Marketing Article of the Week. Make sure you don't miss it. And then if you like it, start at the beginning and read the other four (laughs) uh, articles within the Smart Shopping series from Kirk. Thank you, Kirk. 
And instead of ending the show, we have something new for all you listeners. Now we are presenting our first annual Digital Marketing News Award Show. We're calling it The Clockskers. That's Clockskers. It's like... You write it as clock scars. It really rolls off the tongue, clock scars. It sure does. It rolls off the whole mouth. You need the whole mouth to say that. Clock scars. We had a few different ideas like the golden clocks, the clockies. I don't know how we ended up with it, but it's the clock scars. It's here to stay. And these were decided by all of us. Um, some of them just one of us. Um, Wait, why did you just look at me? <laughs> she did. She gave you wow, a side eye. Fun. No, there's some that I made up. <laughs> Um, there's really no precedent happening here. We just pick some of our favorite it's digital just, marketing it's, it's news stories. The from best you. of the best. Yeah. There is logic. There is reason. It's the best of the best of the year. The clockskers. Clockskers. Okay. So what do we have? We have a few big awards. Then we've got some that were previously determined at an unknown source. <laughs> and then we're going to finish with some of the biggest of the year. All right, take it away, Shep. Okay, so first we are going to talk about ourselves a bit, and then we're not going to for the rest of the time. The first award is for the Marketing O'Clock Clip of the Year. So these are what we would call our best moments of the show in 2019. And the nominees are... <laughs> Greg and Jess talk conspiracy theories. There was an article to break Google's monopoly on search to make its index public. And there was a Googler, a potential Googler. I'm going to put an asterisk on this entire section here because we don't know if this is actually a Googler, Fair. but it seemed legit. Personally, I love a good conspiracy theory. Oh, heck yeah. What's your favorite conspiracy theory? I think the one about the Titanic sinking. That it went down? Well, that it was the wrong boat. They were trying to sink a boat for insurance purposes, but they sunk the wrong boat. And if you count the portholes, it like what, that's how they knew it was a different boat or something. I don't know. It, folks oh. can look it up. Folks can bing it. But there is a conspiracy about the, the wrong boat sank and it was all intentional. That's I, my favorite because WTH. I've never heard that one. You should look it up. You like conspiracy. Sure. What's your favorite? My favorite. You, you wouldn't think it's this. The flat earth theory. Oh, no, I wouldn't have guessed I that for you. I love that. I love the dedication that these people have where they're like, well, look, your shoes are, don't have curvature on the bottom. They're flat, and you don't just roll around all day. Life stories in recipe blogs. See how those recipes will display exactly. And please, awesome. if you're posting a recipe... Please do not put your life story before the recipe. I hate that. It's amazing. I, I can't stand it. <laughs> it is like, my biggest gripe in life. Honestly, I think so. You're like basil turkey meatballs. <laughs> you get to the first side. Once upon a time, I was in Delaware. It was a cold day. It was a bitter wind blew. But I caught a scent in the air. A scent that drew hope into my soul, invigorated my body, and warmed me up when I needed it the most. Like, what is it? I gotta scroll like 50 times. I just wanted the recipe. You know, my kids love this recipe. I make it on a Sunday afternoon. It's great for the back to school season. They tell you how to freeze it before they tell you how to make it. It drives That's... me crazy. Brad. There should be a penalty for that. Give some, start Please. authoring some penalties for that. That's what we need. We need to we tweet need some that. Manual actions against life stories in your recipes. Tesla hires the absolute unit guy. This week's WTH comes from Mashable and Tesla. And the name of the article is Tesla hires the absolute unit meme guy 
to run its social media. Adam was formerly the program manager for the Museum of English Rural Life. A.K.A. the Merle. They are known for tweeting a photo of a large ram from the museum's account in April 2018. And the caption? Look at this absolute unit, period. What a time it is to be alive. Adam literally tweeted out five words. Not even capitalization. And boom. Tesla's social media manager. Oh, my God. I just, I can't stop looking at that sheep. He's so funny. So all I have to say is, oh, my goodness. What a score for Tesla. I hope they're amped to have Adam. I'm sure he'll be an absolute jewel for Elon. <laughs> Those are electricity puns. Oh! Except for the last one. That was a vape pun. Greg uses Google Assistant to order 40,000 cucumbers from Walmart. Google, talk to Walmart, and it'll hook into your Walmart account. You can hook it up. I'll do it live right here. The one thing I loved when I set this up is that Google Assistant is a female voice when you hook into Walmart, a very creepy male voice. Yes. I like the way he says, okay. I hope he does it. So what would you like me to order, Jess? Um, Let's order some uh, uh, cucumbers. I don't know if they sell those. Talk to Walmart. Okay, let's get Walmart. Welcome back, Greg. What can I help you with today? Order cucumbers, please. Okay, I can get you cucumbers sold individually for 68 cents each. How many would you like to add? 40,000. <laughs> and the clock screw goes to Tesla hires the absolute unit guy. Congrats. Absolute unit guy. Congrats, Elon. <laughs> this was an amazing story. Um, the meme is great, and it just brings me so much joy. And I hope he still has his job. Oh, I hope so. He can't lose his job. He's the absolute unit guy. He's infamous or famous or both. And we accept this award on the absolute unit guy's behalf. And we actually have awards. So if you win a clock skirt and you want it, just reach out on Twitter at marketingclock or marketingclock.com and we'll send you an award, an actual award, an actual trophy. A clock skirt, they say. Clock skirt. Right. Next up is an award for the best named update of the year. And the best named search engine algorithm nominees are Bert from Google. Diversity update from Google. September 2019 core update from Google. The Maverick unofficial update from Google. And the award goes to September 2019 core update. That's such an inspiring name. <laughs> <laughs> Aptly named, right? It happened in so September 2018. You named it the Earth, Wind, and Fire update. Yeah, we just had so much creativity this year. Oh, yeah, September. I get it. The song. I think it came out on the 21st. So no. I think so. That's perfect. It's a date in the song. But that wouldn't have won an award. September 2019, core update. <laughs> it's not as inspired. <laughs> All right, next up. The best search engine algo update of the year. This is not the best named. We just went through that. This is the best actual algo update so it's a bit like sound editing and sound mixing like very little difference here well, one, there's a lot one is just a name and one is the best 
the best thing that happened in there. Like, it's a huge difference. Which, what is a that's name? This one, right? Well, what's in a this name? This is the best actual update, the one that makes the most sense for users, the best actual update. Inspiring name or not. All right. And the nominees are the diversity update from Google. The BERT update from Google. The Maverick unofficial update from Google. And the September 2019 core update from Google. And the winner is the clocksker goes to the diversity update from Google. Yeah, it makes sense to put more stuff in the search engine results pages. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> Great work, Google. Good job. Okay, we're going to have a little interlude in a moment. We have one more major award for you. A major award. <laughs> or maybe two more. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. All right, Chef, what do we have? Our next award is for the best digital marketing podcast of 2019. That is not us or any search engine journal network show. That wouldn't be fair. Right. We're biased. And the nominees are the Paid Search Podcast. Experts on the Wire. Business of Digital. Edge of the Web. And the Clocksker goes to the Paid Search Podcast by Chris Schaefer and Jason Rothman. They're not here to give an acceptance speech. No, but we've got awards, Chris and Jason. <laughs> we'll have to accept it on their behalf, but it is. They keep it light. It's nice and funny, really dry humor. Super it, regular. It's a good, yeah. Every week, they're on top of it. You can make it part of your schedule. Give it a listen. And now for the previously determined clockskers. We heard that previous um, broadcast ran a little long, so we just wanted to keep it short. We're just going to announce these. No nominees. Just they were that. announced at another event. Just the winners here. Event. Just the winners. Some <laughs> might say it's a lightning round. So what do you have here? Pew, pew. Okay, so the first award is for best alternative search engine, and we are giving this one to DuckDuckGo. Next up, the clocksker is for the best hardware product from a social media company. The winner is Portal from Facebook. <laughs> Next up, the worst rebrand of 2019. Facebook, all caps. And next, we have the worst marketing idea of the year. This was a tight race, but we have to give it to Facebook Messenger for Kids. And the next clocksker is for the worst, best marketing idea of the year. And the winner is North Face for their Wikipedia campaign, which they then turned into a campaign about what they did <laughs> to hijack Wikipedia. And our next award is for the most innovative social ad network in 2019, and the clocksker goes to Cora. Our next clocksker is the Twitter thread of the year. This goes to a tweet from at Search Liaison about 72 languages, including Spanish. The highlight of this was a full listing of every language that Bert had rolled out to, capped off by a very underrated tweet where Danny, aka at Search Liaison, Danny Sullivan, and yes, Spanish, after he went through everything alphabetically. My favorite part of the year. Next up is the marketing meme of the year. And this is a meme that you could use in your social posts. The best, most marketable meme of the year. And the winner is the Real Housewives cat meme. Nice smudge. 
<laughs> Wonderful meme. <laughs> and our next award is for the favorite new thing in 2019. This is a really narrow category we have here. And the winner was <laughs> audience targeting for search campaign. One of our last previous announced Klaxker is about our audio engineer hope here. And it is the generation most associated with hope. And we had talked about this previously. Some people had our Gen Z. Some people had our millennial. And actually, we're just going to do this right now. We don't have anything. So we're going to take a vote here and do a live Klaxker read. So Jess, you have Gen Z or millennial. Some people say hope is one or the other. Well, how do you vote? She rides the line pretty hard, but push comes to shove. I give her Gen Z. Chep. I'm going to go with Gen Z purely based on the fact that she has a TikTok. I was going to go millennial just because she's got that wisdom, but you two overrode me. So Hope, <laughs> you are officially Gen Z heading into 2020. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> You're more in touch than any of us with the pop culture and the youth. And now moving on to a more somber note. We say goodbye to a lot of fabulous tools, features, things we saw day to day in our account. Here's that full list of things we won't be seeing here in 2020. R.I.P. in peace. Group Stories, Facebook. Google Trips, Google. Debt service and credit repair ads, Google Ads. Google My Business Support Numbers, Google. Ad Relevance Score, Facebook Ads. Target Search Page Location Bidding, Google Ads. Destination URLs, Microsoft Ads, under its former name, Bing Ads. Portfolio ECPC, Google Ads. Super low-priced Reddit ad bids, Reddit Ads. Target outranking share bidding, Google Ads. Phrase match, non-close variant matching, Google Ads. Modified broad match, non-close variant matching, Google Ads. Child ad personalization, YouTube. Obvious ad labels, Google Ads. Targeting only users actually in a location, Google Ads. Detailed targeting for housing, job, and credit ads, Facebook Ads. Google Academy for ads, Google Average position, Google Ads. Ad set budgets, pending, Facebook Ads. Bing Ads, Microsoft Advertising. Facebook, from Facebook. Actual no-follow links, Google. Accelerated delivery, Google Ads and Microsoft Advertising. You will be missed. And now moving on to our next category, the best digital ads follow. And the nominees are Stephen Johns, at Stephen Johns 21. Ekvila DeFazio, at Ekvila DeFazio. Ginny Marvin, at Ginny Marvin. Julie F. Bikini, at Neptune Moon. And the clock score goes to Ginny Marvin. Next up is our best organic search follow. And this year's nominees are Rand Fishkin at Randfish. Cyrus Shepard at Cyrus Shepard. Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison account. And Glenn Gabe 
at Glenn Gabe. And this year's clock skirt goes to Glenn Gabe, the best organic search follow of 2019. And the next clock skirt is digital marketer with the most lols, L-O-L-Z. And the nominees are Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund. John Henshaw, at Henshaw. Ryan Jones, the Ryan Jones, at Ryan Jones on Twitter. And Joe Martinez and Michelle Morgan. This is a combo. First we've ever seen a combination <laughs> Clockscare nominee. And you can follow both of them at Milwaukee PPC and at Michelle SEM based on their banter. So this is a little unfair, but the, the judges have, have spoken. And Jess, who is the winner? The winner of this year's digital marketer with the most lols clock skirt is John Henshaw at Henshaw. <laughs> Follow him. Follow them all. They're all funny. And our next category is for take of the year. We looked at all of our takes of the week and we decided to deliver to you the best take of the whole year. Also known as the spice of the year, the spiciest takes. And the nominees are, and this is from our very own Sarah Burke. Regarding location targeting changes within Google Ads, quote, this is just turning into Google Ads Express. Next up, a tweet from Cyrus Shepard, at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter. 2019, the year Google stopped being a search engine with some ads and fully became an ad engine with some search. Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter. They should take a cue from Google and copy all of your clients so they know what a failure you are. And finally, from James Webster, at PPC underscore Webster on Twitter. Has search query quality always been this bad from shopping campaigns, or is it getting worse? These and many others came through from a dog bed PLA campaign. Quote, fat French bulldog. Quote, how to stop cats from pooping on my lawn. <laughs> Hashtag BBC chat. <laughs> what a category. What competition this year. <laughs> Those are all really spicy. <laughs> You're all winners in my heart, but there's only one Clocksker winner. And the Clocksker goes to James Webster and his amazing fat French bulldog tweet. <laughs> Thank you, James. And now the worst WTH of the year. And our first nominee comes from Facebook. Facebook's new chatbot, Liam Bot, for training employees what to say to their parents about Facebook during Thanksgiving dinner. Dog commerce. Facial recognition that helps dogs make their own shopping decision on a scale of one to five bones. An influencer defending her decision to post a photo shoot of her motorcycle accident on Instagram. Ten years on, Foursquare is now checking into you. Even the company is still trying to figure out whether that's cool or creepy. And the winner of the worst WTH of the year is dog commerce. Facial recognition, helping dogs make their own shopping decision scale of one to five bones. Five bones on the WTH scale. <laughs> Oof. And our final award this year is for BFF of the show. There can only be one winner, but all of our nominees have a very important place in our hearts. And we see everything you do out there. And all those folks sharing the show, 
letting their audience know. It goes a long way. And this is actually the most prestigious award that could be given is BFF of the show. And the nominees are Aquila DeFazio, at Aquila DeFazio. Casey Gillette, Avon's Finest, at KCG. Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe. And Deborah Misteller, at Deborah Misteller. And the clocksker goes to Glenn Gabe, friend of the show. <laughs> Everybody's friend of the show. All these people are friend of the show. He's BFF of the show. Now he gets that award for 2020. BFF of the show. He's graduated from friend of the show to BFF of the show. Official BFF. Clocksker winner. Thank you, Glenn. Wait, multiple Clocksker winner. Did we just have yeah, a yeah, two-time Clocksker winner? Mm-hmm. First ever, right? Well, if any ladies would do it first, it would be Glenn. He swept both his categories. Wait, it was a sweep? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Great. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to Search Engine Journal. 2020 is here. It's next week. Pretty much. And Danny Goodwin has the 10 important SEO trends that you need to know here in 2020. Head on over searchenginejournal.com forward slash 2020 dash SEO dash trends. And if you like what you see, he's got 170 pages more (laughs) of SEO trends. So you didn't get that present you want? Guess what? Danny's gotcha. (laughs) Don't miss it. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. Yep. Brent has Lily Ray and talks about what to do if you've ran into some trouble with Google and your organic listings. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we... We'll see you next week. Next year. Next decade. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the heck. We're after a famous Friday news shows. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this is the final shooting the heck of the decade. So we're going with everybody's favorite game. <laughs> Travel buddies. A two kinds of people joint. It's called Would You Rather. It's not called Would You Rather. It's called Travel Buddies. And in this game, you have to travel around for one full month with either person A or person B, and you have to choose and try to guess the right answer. First up, who are you going to take on your trip? Somebody that constantly talks about their fantasy football team (laughs) or somebody that constantly talks about the benefits of CBD? I feel like this is directed at my husband. He does not constantly talk about his fantasy football team. I'm going to go with that one because I don't want to hear about the benefits of CBD. That could get really old. Mm -hmm. And those people are all into their health and they're going to apply that conversation to everything. Like you can't eat this. It's not good for you. You have to get to bed early. I agree. At least the story changes every week with your fantasy football team, right? You might have something new to say. I'm with Shep. Yeah, I agree. Okay, you actually are all wrong. So nobody has scored any points. You actually want to go on the vacation with somebody that talks about CBD. 
Shep, you were close, but you were inaccurate. They don't care about eating healthy. They don't care about health. They've got CBD. None of those conversations are actually going to impact your real life. Talk about fantasy football, you're going to be having to go check out the TV, see what Alvin Kamara did this week. You're never going to be able to go anywhere. CBD, you just... You just why don't they care about health? I feel like that's a very inaccurate No, because CBD takes care of it all. That's no, it I, doesn't. That's no. Next up. <laughs> wrong, wrong. There are many benefits. I know there's benefits, but it's for... I feel like healthy people are more into that stuff. Okay, try to, try to get it back this time. <laughs> Next up, someone who doesn't tip versus someone who doesn't carry a cell phone. Someone who doesn't carry a cell phone. For sure. Because I, I have my cell phone. Not tipping. Well, actually, it depends where you're going. Because if you're going to Europe, oh, nobody tips. Okay. Okay, but <laughs> we don't have control over that with this game. So I'm going with the person. I would rather travel with the person who doesn't have a cell phone. Okay. Jess? I feel like I need to take an alternative take, even though I agree with you. I'm you just, don't need to do anything. This I'm is gonna, who you're going to travel with. No, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm taking the alternative take, yeah. so I don't, you don't have to. It's embarrassing when somebody doesn't tip, for sure, but that doesn't mean that I can't tip. And I don't want to be the one that's always looking everything up on my phone. I want somebody else to get the directions for once or somebody else to pick the restaurant for once. So I need that other person to have a phone. Okay, and Hope? Um, yeah, I'd rather be with the person who doesn't tip, just because... I think we're in a society today, this is a hot take, where we tip everybody and it's unnecessary and annoying and I'd rather save some money. Thanks. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Okay, and Hope and Jess are actually incorrect. Actually wow, incorrect. Wow, what a shocker. Because you want somebody who is charitable and you want somebody who doesn't have a phone. You want somebody to be there, be in the moment. You're going to experience life. You're going to experience your travel. You know what happened? You know how my parents traveled? You know how my grandparents traveled? Without cell phones. And they didn't have any problems on their trip. You know what you, you are going to have a problem? You're going to experience poor service because you're not tipping. I thought I had the cell phone side of things. I don't remember what's what you anymore. You guys are I was terrible writing something down. You're the worst at this game. I think I'm the best at this game. <laughs> I give myself a clock skirt for being the best at this game. Okay, well, you're both wrong, whatever it was. Okay, next up. Who are you taking on your trip? Somebody that cannot drink coffee without sugar and cream or somebody that's a slow walker? I can't drink coffee without sugar and cream. Uh, well, at least cream. Oh, my gosh. Wait. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. I am. I Okay. Forget what I just said. I can't travel with a slow walker. Okay. That is I unacceptable. Love I'll travel with a slow walker. Because so they're they're taking in the sights, you're appreciating your surroundings. You're not in a rush to get anywhere. Why are you walking so fast? Enjoy where you are in the moment. All right, Jess, I don't want to travel with a slow walker. I got to get where I'm going. There's you're only nothing. on vacation for so long. You're on vacation for a month. Yeah, yeah, actually for not a month. two. Everyone likes sugar and cream. <laughs> okay, so Jess and Shep, you're actually incorrect. Hope yes, is correct. Let's you, go. You want, Hope doesn't even drink coffee. You want the slow walker. And let me tell you why. The person that wants sugar and cream and everything doesn't seem like a problem. On the surface, you get into it. Everything's going to have to be meticulous. They're not going to like the comforter on the bed. You're going to have to go through so many different iterations of each hotel room. You're never going to get a meal that they want. You are stretching. Everything are stretching. is going to have to be completely dialed in you're not going to have that authentic flavor that you want you're not going to be able to take things in because they want something so specific and can't roll with the punches the slow walker is just slow so what you do you just take a nap and you say hey i'll meet you down 
at the monument and I'll see you there in an hour. You nap for a half hour, leave, and you'll be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Wasting you, so much time on your trip. No, you nap. They're wasting time. They're the slow walker. I don't think They're you the understand problem. this game. You get the you clock skirt for game. biggest stretch yeah, of the year. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this decade on a high I note. I was totally ready for another one. We will see you next week.